Hey, David, uh, thank you for coming in. You, you have a just a really outstanding background in technology and finance. And in fact, originally in investment banking with uh, uh, people like o uh, Goldman Sachs and the Royal Bank of Scotland, HSBC, there's like uh, the names globally. Um, also on the steering committee for the blockchain for the UN Charter Values and SG Action Plan 100 Plus. I mean, the, the list goes on and on, including as a contributor to this task, for, uh, task force for nature-related financial disclosure and, uh, you know, decades of experience with government and private sector. And of course, now you have this uh, biodiversity impact funding startup which I think is really interesting. So let's mine some of that experience. And I really appreciate you coming in and sharing sharing all of your insights with our audience. Stephen, thank you. Thank you so much. And it's, a, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. And, um, you know, when one puts these resumes together, it, it sounds fancier than it is. Um, yes, but uh, yeah, these are things that, we, that we've done. Now, David, uh, you know, my audience is quite diverse. So I, I have CEOs and investors, but also scientists and, and uh, engineers. I mean, it really runs a spectrum and students. And considering all of their backgrounds, uh, they're always curious about what are the inflection points and people like yourself, you know, notable people have done so much good for the world that created this wonderful person that you are today. And it could be something that when you were really young or maybe... Uh, something in your family could be uh, when you're going to school, et cetera, or inflection points in your career. If you can name or, or talk about maybe two or three of those uh, points in your life that were really change makers for you. Yeah, th thanks, Stephen. And and yeah, I mean, you know, it's, um, it's such a privilege to be alive at this time, um, but it's interesting that death <laughs> was a, a major inflection point at a, at a young age. Uh, you know, I lost a sister when I was young and, and it's um you know um death is just so final isn't it and it's so complete and you can't argue with it it just is what it is um and it really uh, brings um uh a lot of the uh deeper questions uh about uh, what am i doing here uh, why am i doing what i'm doing um and obviously this is not um this is not. Uh, it didn't happen then. Uh, these things bubble away in the background, and and um, I obviously pursued and continue to pursue a, a entrepreneurial sort of business uh, um, oriented uh, a life. But at the, at the you know the whole time, um, this in, this inflection point or this issue of of death is is has been something that has guided me and you know it's these um, sometimes difficult things that as you've as the way you phrased it you know what molded me into the shape that I'm in now um, are these things sometimes these difficulties really are are there um, to to make us grow um, and so yeah that was that was one thing um, so it's always been a, a this sort of this tension between living one's life but also being very aware of the fact that um, you might not be here for long you know tomorrow you might not be here and as a consequence what can i do now what can i do today um that will be of value um and so that's been a, a question that has um plagued me and 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 driven me you know what what can we actually do 
um, acquiring wealth and acquiring status and all of these things is um, is nice, and I'm not against any of it. Um, but there are the deeper things that I think, uh, especially in the world that we're living in now, we really need to engage with and 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 come through on. And that's um, you know, so death was one. Another was. <laughs> Funnily enough, and this is going to expose my age, uh, spreadsheets. <laughs> you know, um, uh, they they came onto the market when I was just uh, starting to do a bit of my consultancy work in in the investment sort of banking world, and they had such a revolutionary impact. Um, and I sort of cottoned onto them um, early, um, and and have really leveraged the power and i know you know from a, from a tech point of view they are a complete nightmare i mean spreadsheet hell is um often bandied around uh, uh corporates uh, because they are they are terrible um uh, from 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 a systemic and from a developer's sort of point of view but as a financial person because i sort of have two have feet in in two you know in two parts of 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 the world, one is tech, and one is finance, and you know that financial part as a as a tool to very quickly model and and play with um, uh, play with uh, um, uh, sort of financial numbers and stuff like that. They, they they're very powerful, and obviously with the ability to connect to big data in the back end and crunch data in the back end and bring that through into a spreadsheet and visualize it and play with variables and all the rest um, was um, uh, a very, uh, that, that was big. It was a big thing for me. And, 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 um, and I mean, that's just a very small little uh, inflection point um, uh, from a tech point of view. And obviously more recently, a, a really big thing, you know, having having developed financial systems and having deployed financial systems and having dealt with all the problems that one deals with when you are deploying centralized systems. Um, well, not probably, you know, some big advantages to centralized systems, but the, the advent of blockchain, um, just the whole decentralized nature and the revolutionary sort of um, way in which... Uh, we can now hold digital assets, um, which we couldn't do prior to that. I mean, the security issues and all of those components prior to blockchain um, really, um, uh, um, it's, it's, it's a fundamental shift that I don't think we've even started to sort of feel, um, you know, because the financial models that one has when one looks at uh, things like yield farming or, you know, the whole blockchain sort of digital finance space. Um, uh, and I don't think they've sort of quite come to fruition yet. And there's still many challenges in that space. And funnily enough, I've, I went very firmly into the cryptocurrency space, but I've reversed out of that um, in the space that I'm operating in. But um, certainly that, and then, you know, obviously AI is just really big at the moment and it's 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 really having a, a major impact. So yeah, those are a couple of the the inflection points that have, have um, brought me to the place that I'm in right now. I mean, that's a, um, a compelling narrative story arc in that you suffered loss and that had a major impact on your life. And, and, and then sort of completely in, the, in a different direction and that is spreadsheets, the ad, advent of spreadsheets, mm -hmm. because you, you're able to automate or 
brings some structure when you're doing calculations or modeling and so on. I know because I, I used to use a slide roll. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> uh, and I remember when calculators yeah. came out, and then of course, then you yeah. had the ability to store and yeah. represent. Because spreadsheets had it was like embedded memory, right? You could you yeah. could store information in there together with calculators yeah. and so on. Yes, and yeah. and then you're you're talking about the advent of uh, blockchain and this aspect of, of uh, dis distributed uh, finance that's or decentralization that can occur with uh, blockchain and um, uh, how you can how you can be assured uh, uh, maybe you know the of the data and so on the thing is though it, it, blockchain is also controversial today right you see all the mm -hmm. regulatory agencies around the world cracking down on many of the uh, exchanges and so on. So yeah, we'll see what the outcome of that is. And then you yeah. then talked about AI and and now the feeling that AI, especially with these large foundation models of which generative AI is one example or or yeah. future models are another example, they're, they're seeing now like being electricity, having that kind of major um, sort of influence on the future of society and how things are, are um, going to proceed. So that's a quite a spectrum. So let's let's go back into some of this. Uh, you know, on the loss that caused you to be more sort of a spiritual, or think about it from a from a philosophical standpoint too. Um, in terms, uh, of absolutely, uh, absolutely, Stephen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it threw me down that whole road. Um, you know what are we doing here? <laughs> you know, and and a simple question. You know, you know who am I? You know, if everyone can just sit down and just ask that simple question and come up with a with an answer, um, or at least try and just sort of just slowly engage into you know who am I? Well, am I the body? Well, not really, because the, the cells are you know coming and going every day. Am I my mind? No, my mind is changing the whole time. You know, so so this inquiry into who I am, and if one engages with that, if one is able to just sit and concentrate um, and just just be with that question. Um, I just go a bit deeper than than the surface layers that I've just been inquiring into now. Um, you you get to a much deeper place, and I think it's a it's an important part of every human being's life because that orientates you, um, you know, um, and that orientation is just so important um, for what you do. And I think it you know, it's purely from a performance point of view. If you're orientated in the right way, you're going to perform a lot better, you know, than someone who isn't quite orientated. So these deeper questions, I think, drive a, a much uh, a much needed um, sort of direction in one's life. Yeah. You know, and then we, we talked about spreadsheets and how they had an impact in your life. But, you know, you, you hear Microsoft with their with their Excel spreadsheet, their Microsoft 365 suite, they're now embedding AI into it, right? This uh, foundation model capability, which means you'll be able to do things without having a lot of skill. You'll, you'll be able to tell the system to do things for you. Yeah. It yeah, reminds me of like a Star Trek feel to it, right? It 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 really is. I mean, the the way that this is accelerating, and I mean, you know, um, Microsoft themselves talk about the frenetic implementation of of AI at the moment, and you know, you know, we're in an interesting space. Um, you know, I, th I think it would be 
very fair. I mean, you know, all all AI models are trained, and so what are you training it on? Um, and uh, and so the biases um, uh, we have to just be extremely careful of. And I I think that we're certainly our generation are okay, but the generations below us who've grown up in the digital age have have become accustomed to accepting you know what the computer says. Um, and I have deep concerns about the biases uh, in these AI models. Um, obviously, in the example that you're giving in Excel, that'd be more pragmatic. You know, give me you know a model that does this or does that. So there's no biases there. But um, but yes, and again, just just the the power um, in in the hands of 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 people, um, you know, who are able to command these technologies. Uh, I mean, we use Microsoft stuff. We use the Azure sort of uh, platform, cloud platform, and there's a whole section there called cognitive services, which has all of these bits and pieces in it, um, and. Uh, and and you know a group of it always astounds me you know for having come through the various layers of technology uh, through the years it astounds me now that a group of five guys who are quite bright um, can sit down and really architect and develop something that can scale in a serverless sort of way uh, can scale to you know a global a global entity uh, very quickly whereas. You know, previously you would have to think, well, we need to drop, you know, we need to drop servers in this country now because we're starting to expand there. And, you know, is there latency between the two, you know, two countries and all this type of stuff that, you know, one or two really architect in a completely different way. You know, these cloud platforms with all of these services embedded in them um, are just uh, just phenomenally powerful. And AI is just one component in that in that all that power. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting times. I'm also intrigued. I mean, you were, it sounds like you were born in South Africa or. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Born, born on a farm. And this is, you know, this is really what the, where the, what got me into what I'm doing is because I, I grew up on a farm uh, in Africa. And just if you've um, ever been in Africa, um, uh, you know, it, it gets under your skin. It just um, the expanse, the, the stars, the animals, the, the feel of Africa is just really, really amazing but then i got into the sort of financial world where i was sitting in front of a screen and stuff like that and there's always been this tension within me between well, what can i do because you know having worked in these investment banks and having a look at at how markets um directly impact the environment you know we we lived in a in a in, a, in an area in, in south africa where um there was this beautiful actually now it's a world heritage site um but there was there's a lot of minerals in there um and there were the the miners really wanting to mine that and um and uh we um it was just interesting how commodity prices if commodity prices go up those things become very attractive and you you know those miners will get in there and they will extract that <laughs> so so how do we how do we as a planet um you know balance this and and, and keep that keep that balance yeah so how do you go from being raised on a farm and being one with nature to then working in investment banking at the intersection of IT and financing and, and derivatives? Yeah. People like yeah. Sachs and the World Bank of Scotland, <laughs> HSBC, yeah. and you did that yeah. both in South Africa and London. How, how do you yeah. bridge those two? Yeah, well... <laughs> 
and again, this is the problem I'm trying to solve is, is that my love is obviously for, and I think it's been the case for many people is obviously to do good in this world and, uh, you know, love our fellow beings that, that, you know, occupy this planet with us, like these magnificent elephants and lions and rhino and in your part of the world, bears and, you know, elk and all of that type of stuff. Um, um, how do we look after them? Because, I mean, you know, the World Wildlife Fund came out the other day um, with a report in 22 uh, saying that we've lost 69% of our wildlife populations in the last 50 years. And, you know, having, you know, living in Africa and, and, and being on the ground here, you see that. You see the extensive destruction of, of, of forests, of, of you know, of old growth forests, of 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 um, habitats for for wildlife and and uh, intensive agriculture and all of that, um, and and in in those early days, um, obviously that's the space that I wanted to go into, but there was no money, um, and and this is this is the difficult thing, you know, um, uh, these guys that were working out there. Um, doing amazing work we're getting paid nothing and i i i saw that it wasn't sustainable you know um as sad as it is um money is an integral part of a solution for good and if you if you leave that part out which is what a lot of well-intentioned people do is they go out with all the best intentions um but they don't quite have the the practical financing and the financial component, um, which makes up um, the uh, um, the full package that you need to to take this on, um, and to do the good that you want to do. So, so uh, you know, my thinking was, well, let me get into the financial world and and into um, um, that space so that led me into into and i just had an aptitude for for maths and so i sort of moved down the commercial sort of line and ended up with a sort of honors degree in corporate finance and corporate strategy which then led me to um, various investment banks so i sort of got into that and then as i say this has been the the tension uh, that i've always carried and and finally i'm sort of back and, and working at that which i'm sure we're going to get into a bit later so um, you you grow up on a farm. You're you're sort of one with nature. You you realize that you have to have the financial aspect. So you you get an education in finance and strategy, and you end up with these uh, really famous uh, financial firms, and you work there. But you have a technology part to this history of yours. Where did you gain that technology expertise? Just by doing it, or did yeah. you additional training in that or how did that come yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's interesting. You know, um, I sort of tend to to side with Elon Musk on this one. <laughs> and that is that, you know, degrees and everything mean nothing. You know, what you've done, uh, what you've practically done means means something. Um um, so, so while sitting in these investment banks, I was I was modeling these instruments, and obviously you need you need some sort of tools. So, so I obviously chose Excel, um, and then you need uh, more data. So then you need to understand databases. So it was a self sort of teaching of 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 how do you you know, and then you need to you know do proper queries, you know, and uh, and you need to then get into big data, and you know, and and, and off you go. So. So it was a case of, um, you know, just in time 
education. Uh, fortunately, I, I have friends and and uh, uh, and people around me that knew a lot more than me. And you know, I had the financial side, and they had the tech side. So we would combine brains. And obviously, you know, three years of of working with this tech, um, uh, that's sort of how it developed. And you know, it's one of these things. You know, I I, I had an aptitude for picking up um, tech quite quickly. So. So um, I was put into that space the whole time. So, you know, it was always, you know, why don't you do that? So I ended up actually spending, even though my background is in finance, I actually spent, spent a lot more time in tech um, and, and, and architecting and designing systems so that we could get the results that we wanted. So, so yeah, that's how, that's how. There's no no degrees in, in, in IT. And, and funnily enough, you know, when I left um, Goldman Sachs, I had to interview the person for my position. And I had a number of Oxford and and Harvard and various other students come through and all of which I wasn't impressed with. Um, they had all the theory, but in terms of truly understanding, like what's going to go on here? Um, I, I didn't find that they had that. Um, and, uh, and there were guys that were sort of, you know, call them street fighters or whatever, you know, people that had, had, had got their hands very dirty, actually solving problems, you know, really solving problems deep, you know, financial problems and or technical problems um, I engage and I tended to connect with them a lot more. So, so yeah, I, that's sort of where I sit on, on that spectrum. So how did you move from uh, this background, farming to, okay, so we see the history of investment banking to um, how you got into this idea of technology and infusion of technology and the marriage between the two and, and developing this expertise as required. And then, but then you became an entrepreneur, which is a big leap, by the way. So, what's that genesis of being an entrepreneur? And you founded a bunch of companies. Yeah. So, so, so that was that was because I was I was getting on a train uh, in the dark in London. I was getting out of that train in the dark and walking to my office, working during the day, and saw none of the daylight that was quite quite short there. You know, getting out of 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 the office uh, in the dark and getting back into a train and going home. And I just thought, no, <laughs> you know, as, as someone who um, uh, is who I am, I needed to get back into the sunshine and I needed to actually get back into Africa. So I came back to Africa and, um, you know, I, I didn't want to do the same thing in Africa. I didn't want to come back and just, you know, get into an investment bank here and, and do the same thing in, in Johannesburg or Cape Town or whatever. So so that that meant how to think. Um and and that led me to, you know, that's that's where my entrepreneurial sort of side came to the fore. Um, you know, South Africa was obviously was and still is going through a lot of transformation. So it, it made it more difficult actually to just get the a conventional job. So it it meant that one had to think Think on 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 one's feet, and and um, and so I initially started a, a training, uh, an IT training company because I had all these skills in in, in finance and in you know in IT and stuff, and which which did well. And what I found is that um, we ended up um, uh, a lot of people that I was training say, "Well, won't you just do this?" So I started a consultancy side to the training side. <laughs> Um, and that did very well. And in fact, we ended up uh, and and uh, I'm still there. Um, we government uh, sort of came to us and asked us for some things, and we developed some government systems for the South African government. And and that is one company that is still running. So so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, being an entrepreneur is such a big leap. I, I mean, um, 
uh, being in finance can be can be quite a conservative business, right? Yeah. <laughs> and entrepreneurship <laughs> is sort of the opposite in a way, in many yeah. respects. So, yeah, so it's interesting that you bridged <laughs> the two successfully. There's two yeah. books here. Background I'm curious about. Tell me more about the steering committee for the blockchain. This uh, BC 100 plus. Okay. What is that? Yeah. So, so what we've got is we've got a world um, in which uh, we've got uh, various means with which we've been going about things. Uh, for example, the EU has been, or the UN um, have been handing money out to um, to uh various countries whether that be you know uh, southeast asia or south america or africa or whatever and um over the last you know 70 years um we haven't made made much progress uh, in we, we've we've done good um but not to the extent that that we that we need to um and so the bc 100 plus is basically um having a look at the blockchain technology and seeing how we can apply that to really reinvent the way that we are doing things on this planet. So um, I in particular, um, as you know, have, have founded this um, uh, and I'm, I'm pioneering this this uh, this platform um, a nature finance platform. Maybe I should just reverse it back and just give a bit of background of the platform and then I'll, that'll lead into the BC 100 plus. So, so what I'm doing is, and as I was saying, you know, biodiversity um, and conservation, you know, wildlife conservation, uh, literally gets no money. Um, you know, from a from a, a government spend point of view, it's always health, education, infrastructure, and all of those big, big, big numbers up at the top, and very little to nothing for for nature. Um, and if you consider that our hundred trillion dollar economy. Uh, rests on and our lives rest on nature and 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 you know and fortunately in the last sort of two three years the world has woken up to these tipping points and various um, sort of uh, problems that we're having with with the ocean and with the land and with the air and stuff like that and 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 we are starting to get it that if we don't look after that you know our we, the, the risks, in, in fact, the, the risks, you know, straightforward financial risks to us are just too severe. So it makes it's prudent to just have a look at these things and maybe sort them out. So, so fortunately, the world has woken up to that. And, um, and uh, but it's an incredibly hard space to fund. You know, how do you fund the preservation of say Rana? Um, how do you fund the preservation of say the Amazon forest? Um, because it's not a it's not a money spinner, you know. You can't you can't bring money in there. So it's a very difficult uh, um, sort of space to 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 finance. Um, and this is something I've been looking at very very uh, intently and and carefully. And um, recently we've um, had the advent and the explosion of this um, uh, new field of finance called nature finance, uh, which is. Um, uh, um, Basically, how we can integrate uh, nature into into the world's financial models, and and this this requires it's a lot it's a lot bigger than just a you know just a, a few sentences because it requires basically a systemic shift in the way that we go about our business, and that systemic shift will ultimately mean 
um, you know, bringing the value of nature into our financial decision making. So, so I've developed this platform. It's called WhatApt, um, and uh, uh, and really, it is what it does is it takes data from the ground, uh, environmental data, ecological data, um, biodiversity data from the ground, and packages it into units of positive impact, which. Uh, people can come and buy when i say people corporates uh, the un the eu um, etc can come and buy uh, these packets of positive impact are blockchain based they are 100% verified etc cetera, etc cetera. so we are creating trust from the ground in these remote areas uh, and this is important because we live in a world of of fake news, of 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 modified images, of not really knowing at all what the truth is, um, uh, and so what I'm trying to re-establish is an irrefutable um, uh, proof of the fact that this positive impact has happened. Package it uh, into a digital asset and sell it, um, and so that's a very different way of of doing. Of doing, you know, uh, money coming into Africa from from say Europe or the UN or whatever, and there are a whole bunch of things which this does because the data and the structure of the data and the intention behind the data and the projects on the ground can all be designed and um, developed and run by Africans, and so. And so it's putting the power, you know, this technology, this blockchain technology is putting the power back in the hands of the people on the ground. Um, and uh, and then it's um, it's serving it up. So in essence, we're basically serving up positive impact um, for even companies in Africa, you know, to, to buy um, and or entities uh, from overseas or whatever to buy. And so this BC 100 plus, how I got involved in it is, um, it's basically a, a a project which is um, to have a look at these new ways of doing things differently. Uh, very much aligned with the UN Sustainable Development Goals, and very much aligned with utilizing blockchain. Now, now, uh, while I do utilize blockchain in in what uh, in what um, what I'm doing, I don't use it extensively. I'm still very much in the fiat world. So, in other words, it will not be cryptocurrencies that you would use. People will arrive on my platform with dollars um, or euros or whatever currency it is, and they will procure and work in the in the conventional world. But under the hood is a whole lot of blockchain, ensuring that the trust the trust of the data emanating from the ground in these remote parts um, of Africa is 100% intact. So we basically rebuilding um, the trust, which is very broken. And I think that, that that would be a comment that I would make about where we are in the world at the moment, is that there's just so much that is broken that we need to fix. And one of those things is uh, is trust. You know. Um, we just have to re-establish that, and obviously, I'm hoping, and I'm betting on this, and I might be wrong, but I'm hoping that if I establish these clear lines of trust uh, between um, what is happening on the ground in Africa, all the way through to the people that are procuring it, and this is this now talks to this task force on nature-related financial disclosure. You know, so companies are going to have to disclose their impact 
um, that they're having on biodiversity and my hope is that they that they use my technology so that it's not there's no greenwashing there's so much greenwashing happening in this in this space and um and i'm hoping to create you know those corporations that come in and 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 work with me and 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 or procure these um these trusted certificates sort of set a trend and that trend being that um we're not going to try and you know um uh, you know, mess with things. We are going to work with integrity and work with truth because we have the technology and we have the tools at our disposal to to actually do this. So that's what the BC 100 Plus is. It's a it's a team of a team of people. You've got uh, um, uh, Mr. Raymond van Eerman who sort of heads it up of EPE in Brussels, and they're very connected to the European Union. And in fact, we have the patronage of the 77th president of the United Nations General Assembly for what we are doing. And really, the idea behind that whole project is to is to um, uh, bring the best projects forward and utilize the best components of blockchain technology uh, such that we can just reinvent the way that we are are doing things, uh, particularly uh, you know in this in this global commons space uh, on the globe. So I hope that's given you a bit of an idea. It's a lot more than that, but that's that's hopefully it's given you a bit of an idea. I see. So what I what I can he what I'm hearing is that the BC 100 plus is really uh, tied to the UN. It's tied to SDG actions as well, but using blockchain technology as a means of provenance and trust and integrity and so on so you can trust what's happening under the hood and any kind of um asset representation that's happening yeah um i noticed you're also a forum member of the biodiversity credits alliance so that must be the credit aspect that's associated with biodiversity uh, maybe yeah. the financial aspect of it and i can see them then tying into this thing called the task force for nature related financial disclosure and again, this is where uh, if you can get corporations who want to have ESG, they want it to be to report it in a trusted way, but they also want to ensure that it's not uh, grounded on just words. It, there's actual acts being performed that'll be for the benefit of humanity or life and earth yeah. ecosystem. So I could see these three pieces tying together. Yeah. Did I get that correct? So the, I thought the financial. You're, you're exactly right. You're 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 exactly right, Stephen. And I want to just dig into this a little bit because it's actually become a very complicated. It's a very complicated space. So I think it's just important to understand that climate finance, climate. This is sort of climate change and all of that. That's climate, and that relates primarily to the energy sector because what they're dealing with is is um, greenhouse gases. Okay, so so you know one ton of carbon is a carbon credit. Okay, so uh, one one ton of of greenhouse greenhouse gases is is a is a carbon credit, and it, and it's quite easy to measure that. Okay, and the world is quite familiar with carbon credits. Okay, um, and um, and they sort of know about carbon credits. It's a financial instrument. You can get it on your balance sheet. You can um, trade it. Uh, its price fluctuates up and down based on supply and demand. So it's an asset class. It's a straightforward asset class, which we're all relatively familiar with. But but it's very important to understand that that is climate finance. Now, climate finance is slightly, or, or you know, climate-related uh, sort of issues is, is they linked, but they are different to 
biodiversity issues. And the argument is this, and that is that we may be able to balance our climate account. You know, in other words, we might be able to get to net zero or carbon neutral, you know, as a planet. And 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 that in itself is, is is a challenge. But the point is, is that if we've lost species, if we've lost our biodiversity, and you know, if we've lost lost the the if we've lost nature, uh, then we we haven't won. So 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 we actually as a planet we are going from carbon um you know the whole carbon debate um or or, or challenge and we are, are are saying we need to go deeper we need to actually go further into nature and biodiversity now as i've said carbon is quite simple one ton of co2 gas carbon credit you know um uh, uh whereas nature you know how do we quantify nature how do we and do we quantify, you know, the, the ethical concerns there, you know, do we monetize nature, you know, and, and all of these things. So it's a very complicated space. And the and the Biodiversity Credits Alliance is um, has been set up again for 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 people like myself that are operating in this space to to um to try and work this out. And and there's a it, it, there's no standards at the moment. We we're all still trying to get to some sort of of standard whereby we can create a, an asset class that is a biodiversity credit. Um and when I say credit, that's another problem that we just need to get into because credits typically mean and carbon credits typically mean that I'm going to pollute this much, so therefore I need to buy so many carbon credits. So it's a, you know it's an offsetting mechanism. And I think the world and, and and certainly the generations younger than us have got to the point where we're not going to offset anymore. You know, we need to be nature positive. We need to get positive because we've broken stuff down so much. We need to be in that regenerative finance space, which is not sustainable finance, but it's regenerative finance. And um and that's a that's a that's a whole new game that we and, and obviously that knocks onto this whole conversation about you know GDP and maximizing shareholder wealth and degrowth and all of these all of these topics that are all about at the moment. So, so yes, yeah, so so the Biodiversity Credits Alliance, um, you're exactly right. It's gonna, you know, we we bracing and there are a couple of you know people in this space that are that are, are are putting some very good ideas but in my opinion there's no clear winner at the moment um and uh and i'm obviously contributing to that conversation i have my own ideas about where we should be going with that um but the idea is once we get that asset class together then corporates can 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 participate in that market and uh and um and and and, and play in that space basically yeah yeah, and then, and then I can see how that relates to this. Uh, you're on the task force uh, for or a contributor to this nature-related financial disclosure, and this is this trusted way of disclosing what's happening when you're working with biodiversity. So the three are really interconnected. Yeah, and then you're the founder and CEO of this biodiversity impact funding uh, company called uh, WhatApp, and it's a marketplace. And I can see now why you're connecting global capital markets directly to people and projects on the ground, because right now you don't have this democratization of a capital, global capital markets to be to invest in this area. And then you want, you're working towards this being an asset class as well. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I, I mean, I can relate to this because uh, we made an investment 
in a company, I'm, a, I'm an investor where we, what they're trying to do and what they have done very successfully is, is to uh, create global capital market entries, other mar- uh, um, capital sources into insurance linked uh, security risk, right? So, yeah. mm-hmm. which, which didn't really exist before and now they're doing that. So I, I can, so can you, you know, opening up this to other capital sources and and creating some kind of mechanism so it's easy uh, or easier because you're doing all yeah. of the work, uh, all yeah. of the under, all of the uh, back office work, I guess, all of the tech and all of the connectivity, yeah. the connective tissue. <laughs> you're yes. doing all That's of that it. so that people can engage and, and then I can see how the financial disclosure part fits in because you want to be able to trust this thing. Uh, you want to put it into your your reporting, corporate reporting, and then the yeah. alliance. So you can somehow assign some kind of measurable piece to this, yeah. which ties into the blockchain because that's... Yeah. <laughs> I can see why you're saying, though, it's just not simple, though. It's, it's complex, right? So you're, you're really creating a, a new ecosystem um, able to finance and protect biodiversity right that's it that's it Stephen you know I would say that we are two years at best away from getting standards in place and and understanding what these biodiversity sort of nature positive units would be and we simply do not have two years (laughs) so so I've actually gone ahead and I've built a full a full platform from from data being captured on the ground, um, all the way through to a marketplace where, um, as I, as you've correctly said, I'm connecting the capital market so anyone from anywhere in the world can come onto this marketplace, and they can buy these what are called nature positive certificates or, or trusted digital they trusted digital assets which they can buy okay at like you would on Amazon or on on any of the any of the platforms you would come you can search you can filter for your specific um, uh, uh, area that you want to procure nature positive impact you can you can buy these things and actually own that so you actually own the attribution so in other words someone goes out and does something positive works um uh, produces this positive impact and when you and they've obviously funded themselves to to produce that so when you buy it you're actually giving the money back to them and you're owning that positive impact and um and so i call them certificates instead of credits um so i'm creating biodiversity certificates um and the platform is alive, um, and uh, and we are. I've just got back from Namibia, where we are working with um, a couple of of the governmental and and uh, uh, some NGOs there, and we're on the verge of getting our first certificates coming to market, um, which will be available to everyone to buy. And so, so really, what we're doing is we are simplifying. And you know, there's this thing called asymmetry of size you know you have these big entities like the un or or the you know or the uh, eu or whatever and they want to spend say you know a billion dollars um uh, on on um biodiversity upliftment in africa now now to, to go and spend that money it's going to consume a vast amount of it actually vetting and verifying and going through thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of projects and plumping them all together and getting them all 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 you know to the right place um so that you can you can then spend that money and similarly for corporates you know who want to show a nature positive stance uh, and and position um 
what we are doing is we're packaging all of that into very neat trusted blocks and they can simply come in and just buy that bang and then they can actually hold that and then show that to their investors show that to their shareholders show that to their governments and and say this is irrefutable proof of what i've used your tax money for or what i've used your your um uh you know your corporate money or whatever it is, um, whatever money is coming in. Um, you can then say to whoever it is that you are reporting to, here's irrefutable proof of what I've done, and and I I'm, I'm, I believe and I'm hoping that this will be revolutionary. And you're exactly right. There is no market uh, at the moment for this, and so the platform, the WhatApp platform that we are creating, is a and to be clear, it's a voluntary market. It's not guarded by any regulations at the moment because they aren't the regulations. So we're creating this voluntary market such that buyers can come in and um, and procure um, uh, these nature positive uh, certificates. Um, and uh, my hope is that those corporates that do are rewarded because shareholders want to know that, you know, positive things are being done and it's not all just being greenwashed um you know companies share prices get hammered if um you know if, if scandals break that you know that they are um lying about the diesel you know in 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 your volkswagen or, or whatever it is you know these when these when these um you know uh things break it's it's uh it's not good um for for a company as a whole and and it, it it represents risks and and in buying these and in buying this you're 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 starting to catalyze a positive cycle you're starting to catalyze a a systemic shift actually uh in 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 bringing nature into the financial world um and this is just phase one of of many steps that we have ahead um, which uh, which which we hope will will develop into something quite sophisticated and uh, just bring the nature and finance sort of uh, um, uh, thing into balance because it's it's way out of balance at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of questions that come to mind. You know, it's I can see. I mean, uh, regulatory forces will be involved at some point. Um, yeah. It must be looking at these kinds of things that are happening and getting their heads around it um, uh, because uh, you can get a situation where they want to protect retail investors, right? That are, that could get involved and, and um, because there isn't a, a, any regulatory uh, policies or, or um, it, it's probably very early in terms of regulatory policy. There could be any be policies that fits under, I, I don't know. Um, so how are you managing that aspect? Because uh, you don't want to get on the wrong side of that either, right? No. So that's one question, and then I have some ones about the UN. But <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So 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 that I mean, if you look at if you look at the whole the whole all of the work that's been done on on supply chains at the moment, you know, supply chains, corporates that are are bringing fish to the market or or diamonds to the market or whatever it is, those supply chains are, are coming under incredible scrutiny because where are those fish coming from? Where are those diamonds? Where's that gold? Where is those fabrics coming from? You know, so those supply chains, there's a lot of attention being paid to those supply chains because of the potential you know, problems that 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 are embedded in those supply chains. So so that's one of them. And then secondly, I'm I'm preempting, you know, having seen all the regulatory stuff in the 
financial world and then even more so seeing all the shenanigans that has gone on in the cryptocurrency space um you know and this as i say i've sort of reversed out of that space and i'm rather rather now dealing with just the core blockchain technology and 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 with the sort of fiat world um what what i'm what i'm doing is i'm i'm putting my best foot forward um in anticipation for these regulations and hopefully will be a contributor to the creation of these regulations um, and, and solid, you know, regulations aren't a bad thing, you know, um, if done well. Um, and, and, you know, certainly with the people that I'm working with at the World Wildlife Fund and various other entities, um, you know, who are at the forefront of this, of this whole game, um, you know, we are, um, as I say, just doing our best to put our our best foot forward now, and 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 the word now is just so important because we have to act now. And as I say, I've developed this platform to function now, and we will evolve it and we will develop it as all of this happens. But we cannot wait for all of that to happen because, as I say, two to five years is the best estimate that I can come up with getting all of this right from all of that angle. And we really don't have that time, and we do have to act now. Have you approached the, so uh, with, with regards to the ITU, there's an organization called the International Telecommunications Union. They're 158 years old this year, I believe. Uh, they were formed, so they predate the UN, and their purpose was to produce standards, right? So uh, when Morse code came out, and it's an international standard, you need some body to say, this is a standard, or area codes used in mobile or compression codes that are used when you do online video. Uh, those are all um, standards that came from ITU, this International Telecommunications Union. Seems such a good fit for them because they work with That's corporates and they work with UN, uh, with the governments, and they also work with research institutes and NGOs. So I, 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 and I believe they've done some blockchain work already, but this biodiversity side and the financial disclosure side, I think the combination of the three would be a great working group within um, ITU. Have you talked to them at all or? You, you know, I haven't, I haven't at all. And obviously, you know, the, the carbon credit standard setters such as gold standard Vera and all, all of these standard setters they're obviously spending a lot of their energy and time getting into this biodiversity space and in fact coming out with standards at the moment um but having said that i mean the whole carbon space is on its head at the moment because there's been so much controversy around and and exposure to the fact that a lot of the standards have not been right <laughs> so a lot of mm -hmm. carbon credits that have been, been developed and sold and money's exchanged and traded and all the rest um have have um have turned out to be not the products that they were meant to be so uh, almost it's almost a good thing because it's now said look guys we need to get this right we need to set proper standards and it's just such a difficult thing Stephen. you know a tree in vancouver um how much is the value of that tree from a biodiversity and from a nature point of view to a tree in say south africa to a tree in japan to a tree in australia you know, this is that's the sort of question, uh, and and a, a tree is one thing, and what about a you know a a lion? You know, um, what are these values? And 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 that's almost and that that example that I've just given you isn't almost isn't the right lens to be looking at this because we're trying to we're trying to put a value a quantity a financial value on it, which 
which some people are doing. Um, I, I don't quite see that as the right way to go but, but these are the complexities that we're dealing with at the moment um, and 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 in fact while i'm here what i've done is i've said you know what that's not going to be solved as i say in a hurry so what i've rather done is i've said look this ecosystem okay uh, what is it going to cost to fix that you know and that can often be a lot less than these big numbers that are bandied about you know the un is saying that they that we need 700 billion annually um, for to fix biodiversity, seven hundred billion—that's a lot of money. Um, and um, and I'm saying, well, you know, um, let's have a look at what are the cost bases because that's a number that you can really find. It's tangible. It's there's a history behind it. It's very, from a price discovery point of view, it's very clear. It's a very clear number that you can find. And I'm and I'm basically quantifying my nature certificates off that cost basis rather than going into very esoteric sort of models of how we value value stuff. So that's what I'm doing as a first phase. And then obviously, if these models do evolve and we do get to some sort of understanding globally of how we can quantify a unit of biodiversity or a unit of nature, then we'll integrate that in as we go. But I, I adopt the more conservative approach initially, and then we'll move on to the more esoteric stuff later. Yeah. You know, um, it just seems such a natural fit for ITU to start, uh, you know, just contacting them. Uh, but uh, Bilal Jamusi is the head of study groups and and getting a study group formed around this and then a focus group. And then that can you can work towards some kind of global agreement of some sort, right, yeah. to move yeah. your yeah. initiative along. And they have to meet all the different stakeholders for us. So that's kind of I'm just brainstorming with you. Have you yeah. talked to Michael Miam at all on on your? Yeah. You know, it's, it's something that you may want to do. He just came out. He's the immediate past chair of the UK Sustainable Investment and uh, Financial Association, which just before prior to him. Um, Retiring from chair, um, he it was about nineteen trillion uh, pounds, British pounds, and under mm. assets under management. And I could see this piquing his interest because he's always looking at it from an ESG financing standpoint. How can yeah. you do something and it's trusted? And greenwashing's a big, uh, mm. and he's a he is an ESG investor as well, and. He has uh, co-founded a number of uh, uh, family office events uh, hosted by governments, and he's on the board of Kin. So you're part of Kin, right? The Knowledge Impact Network. Yep, yep, yep. So they're part of that community. I'm just thinking this this would fit. Or uh, uh, Krista Goya and um, the Leaders on Purpose, and they have an African program. In yeah. fact. At the African Forum last year in September in New York, the same week as the or the weeks as the UNGA, uh, they had the uh, founder and CEO of the Equity Bank, and it, it seems to me that uh, there's a lot of resources, but they don't know where to put their their resources, right? Yeah. And I think yeah. you've got something here that I think would be of interest to them. So I'm just kind of brainstorming ideas. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, Stephen. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and thank you so much. And 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 I, I really I want to say thank you because you know 
what I've been working and it takes an immense amount of effort to work from the ground up, okay, because right. engaging with communities, engaging with governments just takes an incredibly long time. Um, and someone like yourself and those names that you've just been mentioning, if I can create the demand, if I can say, oh, okay, these guys have got, you know, $10,000 or $100,000 or hopefully $100 million, you know, set aside, you know, and, and as the demand side, okay. Um, and because that is, and, and you've mentioned something very important. I go to conference after conference. I talk at them. I, I, um, you know, and, and I listen to some conferences and every single conference is we need to innovate and we need to move fast, but no one comes up with anything. They're talking and talking and talking. And I've gone away from all of that. And I've gone actually onto the ground in Africa and I've got some of the best tech guys around me and we've built and actually done something. We've actually put a platform together. So, um, it's that demand. Uh, if I can just get a group of players together to say, look, we will buy, okay? And and I know that there's that demand. Then I can start teeing up everything on the ground here in Africa. And it's exactly that. It's trusted from the ground all the way through to the top. And the money coming down, by the way. So it's data going up is trusted. And then you have a full audit having been in the financial space. I've got a full audit all the way down onto the ground because that's also a very important component is, is the, the data going up and the money coming down to make sure that that all just stays completely intact. And I believe that once people get that, as you say, there's a lot of money floating around. There's a lot of money floating around, but they don't quite know. And there's a break in trust. In the data. So I'm hoping that once this catches fire, I think it'll it'll move quite fast. And fortunately, I've got the platform with which to move into 20 countries in Africa and and, and, and potentially even across the globe, um, you know, with, with you know, 270,000 square kilometers of biodiversity and stuff. And the impact can really be big. If I can just get that demand coming in and just say, look, guys, okay, you know, what have you got so that I know then I can start teeing up because that's the marketplace that I'm creating. I've got the supply and the demand and, and, and tee those two up. Um, that would be amazing. So, David, we got about a minute left. So, uh, and this is the last question. You know, what sort of insights or recommendations do you want to give to the audience? Well, sure. It's just that um, we live in precarious times, but also very exciting times. Uh, and I certainly am loving what I'm doing. And I would just um, love to engage with anyone who has the passion and interest that I have. And in particular, uh, and sorry to be blunt, but those who are who have the demand side of it, I would love to work with the corporates or, or high net worth individuals or anyone who's got the demand side of it. And um, because there is an immense amount of trusted good that can be done. And, and that that excites me. So, um, yeah, I would I'd leave everyone with that. Well, thank you, uh, uh, David. I really enjoyed our conversation today. And uh, thank you for coming in, sharing so many of your insights. And you're really working on some really interesting uh, contributions here that can have permanent lasting effect on the planet. So thank you. Yeah, yeah Stephen, and thank you. It really is a, a great honor and privilege to be sitting and talking with you and, and really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website, www.tbcy.in, to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals.
You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.